it's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on in for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. happened to me head over heels was just an expression and not reality when you walked into my life like a sweet dream from out of the blue next thing i knew i was falling falling hard for you felt like i was flying so high but my feet never left the ground i swear i heard angels singing but there wasn't any around just you and I alone together with the porch swing and the moon. Next thing I knew, I was falling, falling hard for you. I felt the earth start to rumbling. I knew my knees were going to crumbling. I prayed you'd catch me if I stumbling. Next thing I knew, I was falling hard for you. Night I saw love in your eyes and I shivered as you held me close I felt your hungry heart's rhythm even stronger than my own And then your lips and mine brushed together and lingered for a second or two Next thing I knew I was falling, falling hard for you And I felt the earth start to rumbling I knew my knees were gonna crumbling I prayed you'd catch me if I stumbling Next thing I knew I was falling, falling, falling hard for you. Well, I heard of people falling in love, but I never thought it happened to me. Head over heels was just an expression and not reality. And you walked into my life like a sweet dream from out of the blue. Next thing I knew, I was falling, falling hard for you. Next thing I knew, I was falling, falling hard for you. I was falling hard for you. Mm, yeah. Howdy, folks, and welcome to today's episode of the Wild West Showdown. That song was by Bruce A. Barters, who just happens to be our guest today. We're going to be visiting with him in just a little bit, but right now, let me tell you about what's happening with Outlaws Publishing. Sometimes it's hard for the old cowboy to accept the fact that we've come so far in such a short time. But that's what happens when you get a group of talented folks together. June the 29th, 2015, Outlaws Publishing signed our first author. Being new in this business, we had no idea where we would go in this venture, but we had high hopes that we'd be successful. Not long after that first signing, we had a second, we had a third, and just continued to grow. This is our one-year anniversary, and we're proud to announce that some of the most talented writers in the world have decided to join with us in pursuing our dreams and goals together. 
Since that first day, we've created several subsidiaries for other genres, so no one will feel neglected. We began a weekly online radio show and a digital magazine. So what does the future hold for the Outlaws franchise? I can't answer that with complete certainty. I can, however, say this. We'll surge ahead, constantly pursuing that plateau of success that so many folks desire. The top of the mountain in the book business, which, by the way, I feel is definitely within our reach. I'd like to say one more thing on our anniversary. Why don't you consider saddling up and riding along the trail with the Outlaws franchise to the top of the mountain? I got a feeling it's going to be a great ride. Send an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. This is Robert Aldair singing Living Off the Land. Trying to make a living on the northern California shore Gets harder every day Not too many things left that a man can do To draw his pay So my mom and my dad My brother and my sister and I Are doing all we can Since we ain't been blessed with a whole lot of money We're living off the land We've been sculling on the bay Working hard night and day Trying not to go on the county Always cutting firewood And doing everything we could Even hunting bobcat for the bounty The days are often rainy The nights get cold We even get some snow in the winter But I think we'll manage if the roof don't leak And my britches don't get any thinner Grandma does her knitting by the lamp each night While Granddad stokes up the fire Papa reads a book while he smokes his pipe And Mama likes to sing in the choir Sculling on the bay, working hard night and day Trying not to go on the county Always cutting firewood and doing everything we could Even hunting bobcat for the bounty Many people think we're short of the kind of things That make life worth the living But success only measures what you take from life And happiness, it's what you've given The good Lord has always met our needs We thank Him in our daily prayer If we ever need anything We know that He's always there We've been sculling on the bay Working hard night and day Trying not to go on the county Cutting firewood and doing everything we could Even hunting bobcat for the bounty Trying to make a living on the northern California shore Gets harder every day Not too many things left that a man can do To draw his pay So my mom and my dad Brother and my sister and I are doing all we can 
Since we ain't been blessed with a whole lot of money We're living off the land That was great, Robert. Thank you so much. On March the 19th, 1864, Charles Marion Russell, one of the greatest artists of the American West, was born in St. Louis, Missouri. According to his family, Charlie Russell displayed an aptitude for art from a young age. At age 16, Russell's parents sent him to Montana under the care of a sheep herder. The independent young man struck out on his own soon after. He found work as a cowboy in the booming Montana ranching industry. During the long, often tedious days watching over cattle on the open range, Russell sketched the scenes around him. In the winter, when many cowboys were unemployed, Russell lived in various frontier towns and painted pictures to pay for his food and lodging. Russell would probably have continued as a cowboy and amateur artist for the rest of his life had he not met a young woman named Mary Cooper. In 1896, they were married, and Russell's new wife began to guide him toward a serious career in art. Russell found there was a growing market, especially among wealthy East Coast residents. By 1920, he was making frequent trips to New York to paint Western pictures for an interesting number of supportive patrons. He rarely painted or sculpted from models or from life. He relied on his memory to recreate scenes from the life he had experienced in the Wild West. He had no real art training, and for that reason, critics often ignored or told him his work wasn't any good. But the public loved it. Russell's paintings and sculptures documented his early life as a cowboy. But later in his career, he also began to depict scenes from the lives of American Indians and historical figures. Russell spent his final years in Great Falls, Montana, where he continued to paint until he died in 1926. Now let's visit with our guest. We want to welcome to the Wild West Showdown today, author, singer, truck driver, and mechanic, just to name a few, Mr. Bruce A. Barters. Welcome, Mr. Barters. Thanks. Good to be here. First of all, tell us about all these jobs that you're hanging on to. <laughs> well, i got to be a truck driver because for some reason I still have bills. Okay. So that pays the bills and allows me to do all the other things that I like to do. Okay, that's that's a good reason to have a job, ain't it, to do the things you like to do? Yeah, it is. Okay, so you're a truck driver. Is there something that you'd rather be than a truck driver, maybe? Well, I'd, I'd like to be a writer. And, well, I, I do write, but I'd like to make my living off of that primarily, you know. Well, all I can say is good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I haven't done too bad. I just... Yeah. I don't want to don't want to just let go of no you can't afford and, you can't afford to let go of your regular job to to pursue that unless you hit the big times and and there's yep. very few of us get to do that anyway oh, yeah. where were you born and where do you live now i was born in cape droughtle missouri and i live in the dallas oregon now in oregon okay yeah what's uh what's the difference in the weather from those two places well, it's not humid where I live now. That's the main thing. I I moved from Cape Girardeau when I was we moved here when I was six, so I don't remember a whole lot about Missouri. But um, we have gone back to visit, you know. So when I was a kid and other times, so I'm a little familiar with the weather and 
I much prefer it here. Okay. Are you married? Do you have children? Yeah, I got a wife. Been married for almost thirty years. Three grown children and five grandkids. All right. Uh, I didn't think you was that old. Uh, goodness. <laughs> 49, that's... 49, okay. Yeah. Well, you're still a kid in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be, but well, sometimes we, my body argues. Oh, boy, I know that feeling. We all feel like we're still 16 in our in our mind, but <laughs> yeah, like, like you said, the body tells us different many times for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I notice you dress like a cowboy. Do you live the life of a cowboy? Um, not really. I When I was in high school, my teacher... He had a ranch. His dad had a ranch, and he broke horses. So I've done it, but um, I guess I'm like a cowboy because I'm a little bit lazy in that regard. I'd rather do something that doesn't require so much. It's fun, you know, once in a while, go do something. But to do that all the time, I think that'd be worse on me than anything else I'm doing. Do you wear cowboy boots all the time? Yeah, all the time. Even when you dress up fancy? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Now that's yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm normal if I don't have my boots on. <laughs> I agree with that. Driving a truck. <laughs> driving a truck seems to me like it'd be a very lonely job. Is this where you get most of your ideas for your songs and your books? It is. I well, I've always wanted to be a writer, you know, and always always scribble down things, even when I was a kid in school. But driving a truck, I got twelve hours a day to sit there and think so, yeah yeah so that helps well let me ask you this you you can't scribble it down while you're driving have you got a recorder or something to help you i do have i got voice recorders and a dragon program on a computer so i can talk and write it down and sometimes i scribble and then try to decipher something you know i get an idea and i scribble it down and then I got to try to decipher it when I get home or something. <laughs> I can't read my own writing. I, I know I, all, yeah, I know all about that. And if you don't, if you don't scribble it down when you think about it, it's it's done. Going to say bye bye. Yeah, it's, it's gone. <laughs> okay, has there been one single individual in your life that's influenced you more than anybody else? Well, as far as people close to me, I would have to say probably my father. Um, he, he taught me a lot how to live and how to work and do things for yourself. That's, I mean, not that other people aren't important, you know, but you can't just expect everybody else to do everything for you. That's, that's one of the main things he taught me is learn how to get things done yourself and All right. be responsible for your own things. Your, your dad was a pastor of a church, wasn't he? Yeah, for 40 years. 40 years. All right. Yeah. Have you ever considered following in his footsteps? Well, I have, but after growing up with that and witnessing all he went through, I, I decided that's probably not for me. Yeah, pretty tough life. It is. Yeah. It is. Anyway. You've got to be dedicated to the idea and the philosophy and all that. I mean, not that I don't think he's right, but... Yeah, I understand. Um, Okay, do you have a favorite author? Well, I do. I got about two or three of them. Um, I kind of like John Grisham as far as the new guys. But um, 
George G. Gilman, I like. He wrote the Edge books. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Mm, I am. And then Warren Murphy, um, he wrote the Destroyer series, among others. But those are kind of my favorites. How about a favorite singer? That would have to be Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got a good one there. How about a favorite song? Well, if you're going with Johnny Cash, I walk the line. I walk the line. Okay. Top of the list there. All right. Now, you, you mentioned all these authors, these three authors that you like. Uh, is that the type books that you enjoy reading more than any others? Yeah, that's a little bit of action, a little bit of Western, that kind of stuff. That's what I try to write, but okay. <laughs> I don't know if it turns out that well or not. Well, when did you have your first book published? Um, I think it would have been about 2003. It was a book about politics. Politics. <laughs> yeah, I made a lot of people mad with that I, one. I was fixing to ask you, how did that go over? <laughs> It went over well with half the people and not so well with the other half. Well, did you learn anything from that experience? I learned to write stories instead of write opinions. <laughs> good. That's that's good advice for anybody. Yeah. How did it make you feel, though, when you held that book in your hand with your name as the author? That was pretty good. That's the first time I'd ever had anything like that. So. Just pretty good. And Come on. Oh, yeah. Probably a little better and pretty good, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So how many books have you written? I'm up to 17 now. 17? Well, 17 that are published. I've got, I got about three Westerns that I wrote when I was younger, and I'd like to release those and publish them, but I, I need to rework them before I do because okay. I was younger, you know. Sure. Do you have a publisher or are you self-published? I do self-publishing. Okay, great. So this new technology that's come into our lives has really helped you, hasn't it? It's been great for me. Yes. It provides a vehicle to get my books out, and it was slow going at first, you know, like anything worthwhile takes time. But I've been at it for a few years now and filled up a little bit, so. You write several different genres. Do you have a favorite genre? My favorite is crime fiction that has somebody that has, you know, like an underdog accused of something they didn't do, or maybe they did something and, and had a reason, you know. And then I try to point out why they did it. And my goal is always to get the reader to be on their side, but sometimes I'm successful in that. How old were you when you wrote your first song? 13 or 14, somewhere in there. Not exactly sure of the age, but I, I can tell you where I was. I was sitting in school. I'm supposed to be doing schoolwork. <laughs> All right. So you do remember the song then? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not very good, but yeah, I remember it. Okay. Okay. When did you record your first song? Uh, that would have been a few years later. I'm not sure the exact time, but probably around 25 or so. All right. How many songs? I mean, uh, other than sitting there with a little cassette, you know. Yeah. How many songs have you yeah. written? Somewhere around 500 or maybe close to 600 now. So you hadn't just been sitting around twiddling your thumbs, have you? No, I try to stay busy all the time. I I, I can't, can't sit and read a newspaper or something, you know. Okay. 
I notice you sing a lot with your brother. Does he, he also co-write with you? Yeah, a little bit. Um, he's a fantastic guitar player, so that's usually his job. Okay. Now, if you were lucky enough to get a big recording contract, how would that change your life? Well, I, I guess I'd stop driving a truck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or buy your own truck. <laughs> Are, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. What What advice would you give a person that wanted to be an author or a singer? Well, either one. They're, they're kind of the same. You, you get a goal and you shoot for it, and you can't be dissuaded by people that say, no, you can't do it, or that ain't good enough, or your own feelings of ain't being good enough, you know, and just keep plugging along because you never know what will happen. And if you... I mean, you got to listen to a little bit. Some people you trust. I listen to my wife a lot. She tells me, "Don't do that," or "Yeah, do that." And and so you got to keep plodding along. Just don't give up. Have you ever got discouraged in all of this and just said, "I'm not going to do it no more"? I get a little discouraged sometimes, but I've never decided. Never thought of quitting. Okay. I think if you have that inside of you, that passion that you can't quit, it won't let you quit. Yeah, I don't think that's ever a choice. So, And it it has to be more than, you know, you can't just, you can't have the only goal of being hugely successful. You'll get burned out, I think, if you do that. You got to have a joy for doing what you do, regardless of any success or anything like that. Yeah. What was your favorite treat as a kid, like candy, cake, something like that? Root beer barrels, I think. Root beer barrels. Really small. <laughs> yeah, I can't find those anymore. Oh, is that right? Well, not where I live anyway. Okay. Maybe they might have them in the south still. Well, you know, the Internet, you can find almost anything. You might want to take <laughs> a look. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <I> might. <laughs> What's your favorite treat today, then, if you can't find root beer barrels? Well, I, I try to stay away from them because yeah. I'm a truck driver, but I have a pretty good weakness for Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, boy. Okay. What can folks expect to hear from Bruce A. Borders in the near future? Um, what, what songs did you say? Well, with, with songs, what what new songs can we expect oh. to hear? Or, or <laughs> novels, either one. Um. I have a new series for novels that I'm working on. I I've published the first one. It's a it's a murder mystery novel and set in Portland, Oregon. That way I'm kinda of familiar with the area, you know, and that one's done pretty well and I decided I had a little matrix I de- designed that if the book did so well I would work on another one and and it it did that so I'm I'm busy now on the, on volume two and writing down ideas for volume three, so I'm hoping to have good things for that one. Okay. When you write, do you use an outline? Well, I kind of do it backwards. I, I brainstorm, write down just a rough idea of things, um, not really an outline. I'm, I'm writing little sketches, you know. And then I'll try to put it, put it together to... Uh, make maybe a cohesive story out of it 
and once I get that, then I'll I'll go back and make an outline then out of what I've made, and then I'll follow that. It kind of helps me keep on track that way. How much do how much do you enjoy writing a novel? I love it and I hate it. <laughs> I love doing it, but it's so frustrating when you know I, I want to write everything down at once, and you got all this stuff in your mind, and you can't write that fast. <laughs> so, you know, I'm always playing catch up or trying to write write down ideas so I don't lose them and. And pretty much my paper is a jumbled up mess. Okay, I know you said that writing a song and writing a book's a, a, a little bit alike. If you had to choose, yeah. if you had to choose between the two, which would you choose, writing a novel or writing a song? I would probably go with a novel. Okay. I like both, but yeah, there's something about uh, working out a whole scenario, a whole story, and getting it all to fit. Yep. So, a little more satisfaction comes with that than a song, although there's, there's pretty good satisfaction once you get a song recorded, too. You say you're self-published. Do you do your own publicity also? Um, mostly. I've, I hire a few where I can. They're hmm. kind of hugely expensive sometimes. But yeah, they are, yes. If I can, yeah, I I try to get somebody else going because I think I think it has more credibility if someone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have a website, you have a Facebook page. Uh-huh. What other ways can folks get in touch with you? Well, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, okay, and I have a few different websites, but they're all connected. So all of these have contact pages that folks could send you a message. They do, yeah. Okay. All right. We want to thank you for being a guest on the Wild West Showdown today, and I want to invite you to come back and visit with us any time. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having me, and it's been fun. All right. Now we got a treat for you, Bruce's brother. This is Carl Barter singing, There'll Never Be Another Johnny Cash. Take it away, Carl. could ever measure up to that They'll sing his songs and even dress in black But for me, there'll never be another Johnny Cash September came like a train rolling from the west And it carried him away to his eternal rest He got on, the train is gone sing down here no more in the early morning dawn he moved to heaven's shore and I'll never be another Johnny Cash when the legend dies the fire turns to ash he sung his song the records pressed in wax and for me there'll never be another Johnny Cash Left behind, I walk the line and things time can't erase. A legend of his kind can never be replaced. We were blessed by God, I guess, with a light in a world so dark.
best, but heaven's gained a star. And I'll never be another Johnny Cash. When the legend dies, the fire turns to ash. He sung his song, the records pressed in wax. The man in black ain't come back, goodbye Johnny Cash. And I'll never be another Johnny Cash, goodbye Johnny Cash. I reckon there's a whole lot of truth to that song, but I'll tell you what, Carl done a bang-up job singing that one. Thank you, Carl. Before we close out the show, I want to ask again for all you authors, singers, poets, and anyone with a talent to send an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. Let us know you've got something to share, and we'll see what we can do about making that happen. Now let's listen to the Barter Brothers sing, When I Knelt Down to Pray.
want to thank Robert Eldair, Carl Borders for our music today, and a very special thanks goes to Bruce A. Borders for being our special guest. Now gather round for some cowboy wisdom. There's three kinds of men. The ones that learn by reading, the ones that learn by observation, and then there's them that gotta grab a hold of the electric fence. This is the old cowboy saying, adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey.